Welcome to Superman and Lois, the new adventures. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. We're here to talk about episode four of season one of the CW's new show, Superman and Lois, Haywire. Uh, not really any news to get into. This is the second to last episode before a hiatus after episode five, uh, which we find out Tyler Hicklin mentioned is because they've had two COVID-related shutdowns, which is what is causing them to have to go on a break. So they're that's why they're behind schedule. We were kind of wondering if it was why it was delayed and what uh, it was vague terms, but it was confirmed by Tyler Hecklin with TV Insider, I believe, that they've had two COVID-related shutdowns. Yeah, so it's it's good that they're being safe, and yeah, that's what we assumed was happening, and we got confirmation. Everyone's healthy, no outbreaks or serious illnesses, it sounds like, but um, yeah, they shut down and never got reported, I guess. Yeah. So I guess uh, let's get into the episode. Uh, lots of stuff going on here. What were your overall thoughts? Yeah, this was, uh, we were coming off what I said was my favorite episode. Um, this one, I don't think replaces it as my favorite episode. And I, I guess we don't need to say that every single time. But this was, this is a pretty solid episode. Not a lot to, to nitpick there. Um, we got a whole lot more Morgan Edge, um, more of his story and what he's all about. So I, I was glad to see that, to see some of some of the nefarious things that he's up to. Yeah, I really liked it as well. I don't think we need to rank them each time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we could rank episodes one through four each time. But yeah, I thought it was really good. Really another one, another entertaining episode. Another, uh, I mean, just lots of good stuff. I mean, we'll get into it when we break it down, but I don't really have any complaints. Um, lots of great Morgan Edge stuff, like you said. Uh, again, a little less Clark stuff. The last couple episodes has been a little low on that, so I think he's due for a big episode, but a lot of good Lois stuff. Uh, and the, the boy stuff is moving forward. Yeah. I will say it's big picture wise it's kind of a sign of a good show i think how whenever a question comes up i know you mentioned last time how superman was using a super hearing and they explained it in the next scene how that works because the audience may have questions kind of like how i had a question last time why doesn't clark help with help lois with morgan edge he's local to smallville and they address that here and that, that was brought up there so i really like how the show is doing that um it's a sign of a good show when they're not making it predictable that you know where they're going, but when the audience has questions, they answer them. They know they're there. They they don't want you to just, oh, forget about that. Think about something else. So I think that's a really cool thing that they're continuing to do well. And yeah, the characters, just uh, everything about them, even the characters that are you don't like are entertaining to watch and you get their point of view and see how complex they can be. Yeah, especially with the Cushings. Like I, I went into this show before we had seen anything expecting to not really care about their story that much and to just want to get back to the the kids but I, i've really enjoyed um the the little storylines that we've gotten with them we even get to spend some time with them just just them without any kent family interaction and i'm actually enjoying it quite a bit so I, i'm pleasantly surprised by that yeah i i completely agree with you there so uh, i guess we could do the big description of what this episode is about on the high level yeah, so the official description is, while sitting in the stands at a high school football game, Lois and Chrissy spot fish out of water Morgan Edge conversing with Mayor Dean and Kyle Cushing, and the two see right through this insincere move to try to win over the town. Meanwhile, Clark agrees to help Lois out at a town hall meeting, but things get tense when he finds himself pulled in two different directions. Lastly, Jonathan is having mixed emotions about Jordan's newfound status. There you go. Uh, written by Marco Michael Narducci and directed by James Bamford, who's most well known for Arrow doing stunt work and directing, I think, 17 episodes of that show. Uh, became a big, the main number one director by the end of the series. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we'll jump right into uh, our kind of plot summary of the, the episode. Go point by point. Uh, just stop me if you come across anything that you were interested in or stood out to you. 
Uh, but we we opened in Saskatchewan, try saying that, uh, six years ago. Morgan Edge uh, finds something that's landed and says, now the resurrection begins. I, I couldn't exactly tell what this was. It kind of looked like, it's obviously something Kryptonian, I think. So maybe I shouldn't say obviously, but it kind of looks like a Kryptonian pod or maybe a meteorite of some sort. Something alien, right? Yeah. Uh, something landing. I have no idea. Um, that's something we talked about questions being answered. This is one that is specifically meant to be a mystery right now, whatever Morgan Edge is after. And what is the resurrection? Yeah. I don't know who died. Right. But yeah, he's got, he's got like a private army or something. He is, he's definitely got some resources to go after what he wants and there's things blowing up and stuff. Uh, but then, he's been, whatever his plan is with Smallville, obviously it started years ago. I think that was my big takeaway from this. Yeah. He's been after this for a while. He's got some strategy, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so we see him, Morgan Edge, at the football game, present day, and he's creepily looking at Lana, and that's yeah. something that will continue throughout this episode. He's being <laughs> kind of weird towards her. Uncomfortable as he's standing there with Kyle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's creepy. Oh, yeah. Well, I must have her for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, then Jordan gets put in the, the game, and Coach says he needs him to get the ball, which is... It's kind of weird to just send in a cornerback at some point in the game and just say, okay, go get me the ball, but... He does it, forces a fumble, and causes the winning touchdown. I guess he switched to defensive end at some point, right? Yeah. It is weird, though. The defensive coordinator. I know. We we said last time we didn't want to turn this into a football podcast, but it's kind of weird. Like, (laughs) if he's that good, why is he on the sidelines and they're waiting until the end of the game to put him in? Has he been resting a bit and then they have to put him back in? It seems like he hasn't played at all. I don't know. It was dramatic for TV. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know any announcers that announce when an individual is going in to the game on defense. Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe a quarterback if it gets replaced, but never uh corner corner back. And he calls for Clark. I mean, he calls for Kent. And so Jonathan thinks it's him, but he does it. Does he play defense anyways? No, <laughs> but this it's, it's, it's dramatic. It, we, <laughs> we need to, we need to do a separate football related show. Yeah. But anyways, this is in things that actually matter, Jonathan is upset that Jordan is getting pulled in, and we'll we'll see that kind of uh, that storyline continue throughout this episode. Uh, but General Lane is at the game too, and he he ends up being kind of mad. I think he suspects that Jordan has powers. I think when I first watched it, it seemed like he knew that he had powers, but on second watch, I think they they didn't tell him, and so he right. still doesn't definitively know that Jordan actually has powers. But he's he's a smart man; he's picking up on that. Yeah, he runs through two guys twice his size. And figures it out pretty quick. Uh, just an, another note here. I thought it was probably a COVID-related thing that the stands were empty. Yeah. But they made a mention of that. Well, it was raining first off, so fewer people there. And Kyle kind of mentions how not as many people go as he used to. So I thought that was a cool way to not have to film pack stands and have an excuse for it why nobody's there. Yeah, it's nice to have those little like kind of in-universe explanations for things. And also, it, it really does kind of add to... Uh, the feeling of Smallville is a town on the decline and Morgan Edge is here to try to pick them back up and that's where they see their hope coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then General Lane's talking about how Clark hasn't been around, Superman hasn't been around. He says nobody has seen Superman in the skies, Metropolis and Inner Gang is planning an uptick in activity. So here we get our Inner Gang reference and we'll actually get to see them in action a little bit later. But it is, it's interesting that uh, we were we were kind of speculating about the balance that Superman is making between mm-hmm. that Clark is making between being Superman and being a dad, and it it kind of seems like he has 
definitely been putting his priorities towards being a dad, which is what he wanted to do. But it's interesting to actually see the real world consequences of that, of people are noticing that Superman has not been around as much. Absolutely. First off, I, I definitely give a fist pump when I heard Inner Gang mentioned. Yeah. And <laughs> was excited for that because I really wanted to see them. I think it could be a really cool uh, villain, villainous organization. Uh, but yeah, I generally and obviously is a jerk and maybe not the best father. But he does have a lot of points, uh, especially from his perspective. And I liked all that. I liked every every point he had to make. And that kind of answers our questions. How much is Clark in costume? Well, I think he's still doing the big stuff, but it seems like maybe some of the smaller day-to-day type things he would normally help out with in Metropolis are falling to the wayside. Yeah. And generally mentions that there and places like things like Inner Gang are starting to become empowered and take advantage of that. So it does make me wonder, are there are there no other heroes that Superman can that Clark can ask to help pick up the slack, maybe? Or they all have their own problems in their own cities. Uh, is there anybody that can come kind of help him with this? Because it, it is a pretty big balance that he has to try to strike. I don't think he would ask. Yeah. I, I think he feels that response. You know, he has a call to responsibility. He says later, I think that's what he feels. It's him. Um, we don't know if there's any, you know, all the other shows in this universe kind of stick to their city. And this show is showing him as a hero of the world. But we're not seeing, yeah. he's apparently not making his normal Metropolis being his home base seems to have gone by the wayside. Um, but this leads to General Lane wanting Superman to to kind of make a show to make sh- sure that people know that he's still around and helping. So he wants him to help transport prisoners, uh, specifically Thaddeus Kilgrave. Um, and he also invites himself to stay for the weekend. Uh, so he is he's asserting himself both as a general and as a, a granddad and kind of just stepping on things left and right. Yeah, I do think the general has his points. Um, yeah. But I also like that Clark stood up for himself and said, I don't work for you. And so I, I think there's, I don't know, it's good drama like they've been doing the entire series. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to see the the dinner with Morgan Edge and the Cushing family. And he's, again, creeping on Lana. <laughs> Ed basically, basically asks her, what are you doing in Smallville? You can do so much better than this. S- sitting right next to her husband, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of weird. No, and and then of course this gets addressed later. I think anytime you watch this, and like, ooh, that's weird. I love how the show addresses that. I'm right. addressing that with Kyle later. I, I think they're doing a great job of that. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what his interest is in her. If it's purely, I don't know. Maybe he's attracted to her. Maybe he's really likes her resume. I don't know. But yeah, it is a little weird and off-putting how he just kind of was staring at her before he had any idea who she was. Yeah, and we start to see the the beginnings of Lana kind of pushing back on this. Obviously, Kyle is all on board, wants Morgan Edge to come to the town and set up business at the mines and everything. But we see Lana talk about how now that she knows that her bank has been bought by Edge and how she's doing things that she's not necessarily comfortable with. And she's not really, she got into banking to help people, but she doesn't really feel that way any, anymore. So um, she's starting to push back on Morgan Edge and we'll see her kind of bond with Lois later on in the episode. So uh We'll probably see that going forward as, as Lana maybe gets into some conflicts with her husband about uh, the role of Morgan Edge. Uh, and then we go back to the the paper, Smallville Gazette, and Lois and Chrissy are there. Lois has written a pretty nasty, vicious article about uh, Morgan Edge and about his proposal and uh, interview with the mayor, I think. Um, but then Leslie, Edge's assistant, shows up out of nowhere and says that any article that they publish about Edge would breach her contract. Uh, Lois's contract that she had with them and threatens lawsuits and all sorts of things. And somehow she knows about the article. So maybe we'll find out that she's been spying on them uh, later on. 
I, I think they've definitely been keeping tabs on Lois, and I suppose it's better to be threatened with legal action than to get your face melted off yeah. by Leslie, but uh, I don't think either would be fun. Uh, but Chrissy is, she's spooked by this. By this, She's not going to let Lois run that paper because she can't afford to be sued. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I get where everything's coming from. And we see the uh, tag. There's yeah. an off reference to tag in the pilot. He broke his arm. And now that comes back here and he has the jitters. I, we can kind of, I think, cover all this at once here because there's not much to it. But we see him having the jitters and they do a lot with tag and then send him off at the end. Yeah, so he, there's a lot of stuff going on with him. We see him break off the cast and eventually it comes down to jordan thinking that he's the one who caused him to get these powers um and he feels really bad about it and he his whole body is shaking and stuff and they try to save him but it it ends up being that there was yellow phosphorescence at the site with the explosion so i think a lot of people were there so maybe a lot of people were exposed to this and this might be the the smallville meteorites that created a whole bunch of people with powers maybe that's going to end up being this do you think that's something that could happen i don't know i i I have no idea what's going on here because they made a point to for us to get to know tag a little bit and i seem to like him they wanted to point out how he was comes from a poor family and how he's struggling with everything without football and all that and then at the end he just kind of goes away to the school for people with powers and i I don't know. I liked this storyline when it was going on, but I have no idea where it's going to go. I assume it'd come back at some point. Maybe Edge's got connections and doing something with experiments or whatever, all those missing people from the mines before and in New Carthage or whatever. I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I, if it does end up being a thing where there's going to be a lot of kids who end up developing powers, it could be an interesting kind of like B story where the boys are are learning how to deal with that and jordan's using his powers he tried to use his powers this time it didn't go so well so maybe that's not the direction they're gonna go yeah dealing with small town meteor freaks like the smallville tv show or um you know it almost seems like they were setting tag up for a spinoff or something or this school as a spinoff but i don't have any reason to think they would do that like it it could be cool to have jordan and jonathan do a spinoff with a team of teenagers, but I don't think they're going to do that anytime soon because the family stuff's so important to the show right now. So it's yeah, kind of strange. I don't, I'm not sure where it's going. And there is the, there's the part where general lane is telling them about the school that tag has gone to and Lois and Clark stop him from talking about it more. I think he was going to say that there's a lot of kids there or maybe somebody they know is there or something, something along those lines. But so yeah, there's definitely more going on at that school than we have uh, found out about. Yeah, really curious where this is going. Yeah. Um, but so that's kind of the, that's all that happens with Tag in the episode. Um, but we get to see, there was a nice moment with Clark playing with the boys, playing football with the boys at home and using his powers to, to outrun Jonathan. But Jonathan's a little upset that Jordan's had such a big impact uh, because of his powers. So this is, we see some of that jealousy creeping in that I, Jonathan has been very gracious about so far. I love his sarcasm too. Like, <laughs> He gets yelled at for gloating while right. Clark gloats. And then he's like, yeah, cool. Good lesson from a guy who runs at Mach 10. Right. Um, and then we, we see Lois asking Clark to show up and talk at the town meeting because he is respected a lot more in this town. His his vote and his voice would carry a lot more weight than hers would. And also she would get sued if she says anything. So there, there's that as well. Yeah, she called them the golden boy or whatever. Wouldn't Clark also? I mean, wouldn't Clark have the same or similar contract to Lois also? Or maybe because he was fired? Yeah, it's different. I don't know how that works. If he can 
or if he can speak out, he just can't write an article or or what that how that works. I don't know. Yeah, I'm assuming she had a a much more stringent uh, contract because she quit and because she was way higher profile than Clark is my assumption. Uh, and then we get to see Lana and Kyle argue about whether Edge is creepy or not and the, the behavior. And like you said, this was really nice to kind of get this payoff of he was being really weird um, and it's not just brushed away or never talked about again. We actually get to see the characters react to that in a, a realistic way. Yeah, Lana brought up some of the points we've talked about. I think that's really cool when the show addresses those things. Um, I do kind of get where Kyle's coming from, but he also was completely oblivious to what was going on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then Lois meets up with Edge and Leslie at the mine, and she has a, a pretty good, cool uh, conversation with them where she's she's pretty direct and tells them not to come after her. Um, she is not backing down. She's not scared. I would be scared. I guess she doesn't know that um, they've been killing people, but she still knows that they're pretty <laughs> sketchy. So, um, Well, they they try to kill her, but yo, she can't yeah, prove that, yeah. as she says. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. I, I get the feeling Lois is a little thrown off her A-game. I think she's... Edge is bothering her for lots of reasons, and she can't pin anything on him, and she's been dealing with this for a while, and I get a sense that that's really starting to bother her more and more with each passing week, and she doesn't know what to do. Um, but yeah, I don't know if she should have gone and confronted him, but uh, it was worth a shot, I guess. Yeah. And Edge kind of comes back at her and threatens to look into why she and Clark want to live in Smallville, because he thinks that's strange, and it is strange, and um, hopefully he doesn't figure out the reason why. Although I, I feel like she could have pretty easily shut that down and just been like, well, that's where his mom lived and she just died. So we moved back on the farm. Sure. But I, but I don't edges. think he's going to believe that. <laughs> I think he might be onto something. We don't know what. Because Lois, uh, I think, made a mistake last episode when she showed that Subject 11 guy the ELT and said, right. Here come, here's coming Superman, basically. So I bet he passed that along to Edge before he got killed real good. Yeah. Although I doesn't everybody knows that Lois has contact with Superman, right? I don't think that is a secret. It's just that they don't know that Clark is Superman. I think it's more suspicious if the Kents have moved to Smallville and Superman hasn't been seen in a while. Yeah. In Metropolis and he's still rescuing Lois. Yeah, that is a good point. Uh, then we get to see Kilgrave being transported and he gives a pretty ominous speech. Uh I kind of liked this character, I don't know a lot about him. He's he's not that important. It doesn't really seem like, but I I don't know. I liked this character and this actor. There was something different about him. I like this too. I think the mad tech scientist type can be a cool foil for Superman, and I hope we see more of him involved with Inner Gang in the future. Yeah, he uh, he's obviously very smart. He made some sort of crazy explosive in his sink in the in his jail, the most secure prison in the world. And he was allowed to make a, an explosive. One of those things you just have to go with, but uh, he's that smart. He did it. Um, but then we, we actually get to see intergang. They've attacked the transport um, intergang. It seems is a group of people in masks who stab things and blow things up. So hopefully we'll get introduced to more members of them and get to learn a little bit more about them, but it was just cool to see intergang on the screen. It's Wow. Uh, just thinking about this now, kind of what we're talking about with edge. Do you think it's possible he has some ties to inner gang and he guessed what Lois's uh, Lois's ace in the hole was going to be at the town hall meeting and planned something for inner gang to happen to distract Superman? I would say that there's a very good chance that he is connected to inner gang and that is the sort of thing he would do. Yes. So he is, he is trying to, he, he might know a lot more than what he's let on and he's really trying to, he's really pulling some strings here. 
Yeah. Uh, but General Lane calls Superman because the transport has been attacked by inner gang and he has to show up a little bit late. He's been helping Jonathan with tag at this point, but he gets up, gets there a little late and Kilgrave has left him a message. See you soon, big blue on a little drone thing. And so then he has to be flying around searching for him. And that's where he gets distracted for so long and can't come to the town meeting. A, a really, you know, a classic Superman thing. He's got to do what's right. Uh, and this, I guess relates to how Lois feels upset with Clark in a bit. I mean, we're jumping ahead here, but he, I love the way they handled that scene with Lois. Like she's frustrated. She admits she might, she's very self-aware and you know, she's apologized for or pointed out in past episodes that she shouldn't have lost her cool or anything like that. And here she's like, yeah, I might regret this tomorrow, but right now I feel like I'm not a priority. I'd love that scene. Like it was very well thought out. Lois could come across. She's in a no one situation because she can't really be mad because it's not like he was just went bowling or something. And, but she also really wanted him there and she felt let down. So it's like, complicated situation and i thought it was well written and beautiful how bitsy delivered it yeah and it really does lead into as well the the kind of bonding that lois and lana can have they they didn't touch on it a whole lot but she did mention that lana her husband kyle is a firefighter and that it's kind of similar like in the real world i guess that would be the closest you would get to a superhero they have to get called away at random times and their job is so important that it doesn't really matter what you need from them they still have to do it but that doesn't lessen like you can tell yourself all as much as you want that they have to leave but it doesn't lessen the impact of them actually leaving and not being there when you need them so i I thought they did a fantastic job making this super unrealistic scenario a very realistic conversation between a husband and a wife. I, I thought they handled it perfectly. Yeah. It can be a situation where nobody really does anything wrong, but yet it kind of sucks for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously Clark doesn't want to be away as well, but yeah, like you said, I, uh, this is probably my, my favorite part of the episode was uh, getting to see this interaction with them. And then Clark kind of making up for it later in the episode was nice too. Yeah. Uh, but general lane is, upset because superman was a little bit late so he tells the boys to not waste his time don't waste your dad's time he's the most important person on the earth and basically just hammering it home to the boys that <laughs> they're not important everything else is more important than them so real good granddad move i think i don't think that's the way he meant it i think he's yeah. just that poor at communicating with anyone know. <laughs> not in the military um but yeah he, again he does have some points but um obviously clark's a very different parent from sam yeah, and it, it could very well be that it, it's kind of nice to see General Lane's balance of he wants 100% Superman and 0% Clark. Clark probably wants 100% Clark and 0% Superman, and they need to find somewhere in between. Well, I guess he probably wants more than 0% Superman, but they're they're on opposite sides, and they, they have to find some sort of balance, and it's kind of nice to see people arguing points on both sides. Well, in an, well, in an ideal world, Superman wouldn't be needed. Yeah. But Clark, that's not going to happen unless there's no accidents. Even uh, forget supervillains and all the like. Um, but then we go to the the town meeting, and that's where Lana invites Lois out for drinks. Clark's not able to show up. The motion passes, and I think only Chrissy votes <laughs> no, or only voices her opinion no. <laughs> Chrissy, I just thought, okay, now you're on Leslie Lars' heat vision list. Right. Yep. <laughs> not very safe. <laughs> Um, and we get that great conversation that we talked about between Lois and Clark. And then the kids go to a party. And then this leads to all the, the more stuff with Tag that we, we talked about earlier. Yeah, not much for, else for the boys outside of Tag in the early football game this episode. Yeah. Uh, but General Lane's mad at Clark for not doing his job. 
and that's where we get the great line from Clark where he's talking about he doesn't really think about it as a job he call, thinks of it as a call to responsibility which that was a, that's a great Superman quote yeah I love that love that love that love that yeah um, all the interactions it's, it's a way for it's a cool way to have um, Clark bounce Superman things off of someone else and have missions but it's not like he's part of the military I really like the way they're handling that yeah me too um, Lois and Lana bond over drinks and struggles with men. And Lana tells Lois that Lois brought out the best in Clark, uh, which I would say is probably true. And it's is nice to see another character acknowledge. A pretty cool scene. I hope this is launching a friendship. For, I really want to see the friendship that, for them. I thought that was cool the way they handled it. And they mostly talked about their husbands, which I guess they were both wanting to vent at the time. So it makes sense. Uh, but hopefully they can. I'm hoping to see them more of this. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then while that, that party that the boys are at uh, is going on, Kilgrave gets Superman to come to him um, and hits him with a sonic blast that takes him down. And he's been tracking Superman around while in prison. And he knows that Superman hasn't been in Metropolis. And so he knew that he was going to be moved and that Superman was distracted and weak. And it was, it was pretty nice to see Tyler Hecklin's look when he called him a weakling, like the anger <laughs> in his eyes when he looked up and he's like, you don't even know, dude. <laughs> I guess Kilbert Grave is using the that little black box from Lex Luthor and Otis and Superman 2 that he uses in prison, dragging yeah. <laughs> out boys. I guess that's what he's doing. <laughs> um, but the, my favorite part of this whole interaction with Superman and Kilgrave is when Clark hears Jonathan calling for him because Jordan's been hurt trying to help Tag. And he, being called a weakling, being called all these things, that wasn't enough to motivate him. But <laughs> hearing his sons in trouble, he just takes them all out at once with a big giant sonic boom clap um, and calls up General Lane's like, basically, come get these people. I took care of them all. Got to go. So it was it was really cool to see that motivation and then what it did to his uh, his ability to overcome them. Yeah, maybe the Captain Luther fight, but I think he, this Superman hasn't really been in danger yet. He's yeah. just always kind of, you know, he's on top of his game. He's just always figuring out the best way to do this he's so he knows probably lots of ways he's probably thinking the best way to stop all these guys and get them rounded up or whatever but then those plans change and he doesn't have the time anymore no patience boom super clap go save the boys yeah it was it was really really cool um and we come back i i think this is the only deleted scene in the extended cut whatsoever but jonathan is talking to jordan about how it's not his fault um he didn't cause tag to get these powers and or to get hurt or anything like that um and Jonathan even admits that he's been really jealous and apologizes. I was a little upset that this wasn't in the aired version because we've been talking so much about how Jonathan is such a good brother and he's put up with so much um, and still is being a good brother to Jordan and is recognizing his faults and is supporting Jordan. So it was a little, I don't know, I was a little upset that they didn't include this for the people who didn't watch the extended cut because I think if you didn't see that, you might come out with a little um, worse view of Jonathan after this episode than if you had seen it. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think it was a cool scene, and John actually acknowledging the jealousy was a, a cool thing to to do. A lot of these characters, like I said, are pretty self aware for TV characters. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's where we we learn about the school for kids with powers. Um, but we also find out that, or Clark and Lois find out that General Lane told the boys not to call Clark because unless it was super important. And Clark's really mad at General Lane, I think with good reason, for telling the boys that. Um, and he has another, he has a really great Clark line here of, my job is that I'm their dad. So again, he's, his job is not to help out General Lane. His number one priority is to be a father and a husband. 
Yeah, that's his number one priority right now, and he's really emphasizing that. And I loved, again, contrasting Sam with Clark as parents here that Lois did. Yeah, where she talks about the parenting choices and how General Lane didn't make the best parenting choices. Yeah, I thought that was really great to see. And that was those were the sort of things that I was really looking forward to when we first learned about this show, and the family aspect of it. Um, and, and so it's great to see those, those things come up. Uh, and then there's a nice sweet moment with dinosaur pancakes that Lon and Kyle <laughs> get to share. So it looks like maybe their relationship isn't completely dead. Um, it's nice to, like I said, these are some of the moments that with the Cushing family that don't involve anything else that I'm, I'm still really enjoying. It was really sweet. Sophie didn't yell at anyone or, <laughs> yeah. or try to harm anyone or anything like that. Uh, no, it was a really sweet and sweet moment. And I love seeing Kyle like this because he's, again, we're kind of not supposed to like him, but he's trying you know he lets lana sleep in he makes the dinosaur pancakes um he wants what's best for his town he just maybe isn't on the right side of that so lana and kyle make up and then lois and clark kind of make up because clark has set up a date night in the barn and he tells her that my time with you is what gets me through everything else which that's a lot of good lines for clark in this episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah really uh just a sweet scene again i loved loved everything about this uh but of course he gets called away because there's something going on in general lane needs him but he called lois's phone this time which i guess is i guess that's an improvement instead of just calling superman but um seems inefficient yeah well it was not it was not urgent as he said i guess um but then we get to see that sam lane is opening up a new contingency plan and he's going to call it project 7734 so that's not good yeah i think he'll be more open next time he runs into captain luther uh he wants contingency plan for Superman, I would assume, or something else. Yeah. So it does make me wonder a little bit, if he is running this school for kids with powers, is he training them up in hopes that they might be able to help him handle or contain Superman need be? Uh, we also know that he's been stockpiling kryptonite from the deleted scenes from the past, from episode two, I think. So a lot of things going on in the background that I think General Lane is not being super upfront about um, is yeah. could potentially harm Superman. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't want to see Superman fight a group of kids. Me either. So I hope it's not that. I have no idea where the school fits into all this. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I th- there's certainly more to Sam's story that we don't know, obviously. Uh, and then all we've got left is the stinger of Edge and Leslie going to the mine that they've just opened. And uh, she punches through some stone to reveal enough ex-kryptonite to resurrect an army. What is ex-kryptonite? What army resurrect to? Lots of questions left. Uh at the end of this episode yeah uh no idea who they want to resurrect i yeah uh just be wild speculation here but does the ex kryptonite is that what subject 11 and leslie lar maybe where they get their powers or is she something different or you know i think there's tons of questions there and well, any idea what edge is after at least we now know what he's doing in smallville although he probably could have just had leslie go in the schuster mines steal the ex kryptonite Yep, <laughs> and not have to go through all this, but maybe that'll be revealed later. Maybe he needs some Smallville for something else. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know why I go through all the trouble of that, unless he has another reason to be in Smallville other than just to steal the ex kryptonite. Yeah, well, and they, it does look like they need to recruit people to join their army. So maybe this is that's his process of finding people is people who are willing to go on board with him um, hmm. with his mining contracts and whatnot. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I, I guess that is that's it for this episode. We'll get into some some spoiler talk, some comic book stuff that might tie into this if you don't want that. And then looking at next week's episodes. But if you don't want to 
be spoiled on any of that. Uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. We'd appreciate a review in Apple Podcasts. So comic book stuff, X Kryptonite. Okay, so X Kryptonite, I, I had to look this up. I had never heard of this. This might be the record for the, the deepest cut. Well, it definitely is for this this show so far, but uh might be one of the deepest cuts in all of uh, Superman TV, I think. Um, but Action Comics 261 in 1960 is where it's from. Supergirl accidentally created X Kryptonite. I think she was trying to make it so it didn't hurt her. Um, but basically, it gives Kryptonians powers to non-Kryptonians temporarily. Um, and she finds this out because Streaky the super cat is created by coming into contact with some ex-Kryptonite. I think it's had 10 other appearances in comics, just very sparingly, most recently in a Scooby-Doo uh, in 2018, I think. So it's not something that's super used in the comics, but it gives non-Kryptonians Kryptonian power. So that's, again, your speculation with Leslie Barr or Subject 11 that does seem to match up with maybe that's what's what's giving him these powers is the ex-Kryptonite. That would that would make sense if they go that way. I no idea what Edge wants. I mean, other than just general power, I don't know what his end goal is. Yeah, the the thing interesting thing was at the beginning of the episode, it's probably nothing, but it just the whole like battle scene seems very reminiscent of the battle scene that we saw in Captain Luther's flashbacks of his planet or reality or whatever. I think it's just because they're two battle scenes and they look similar, but it, there could be some sort of connection there where Morgan Edge is also from that planet or reality or knows something about it. And he's trying to raise an army to either stop Superman or he's trying to make an evil Superman or something. Um, but yeah, it's this is all crazy speculation. I have no idea what his plan is. Um, maybe, yeah, wild speculation. Maybe Captain Luther's already talked to Morgan Edge and yeah. told him what happened to his world and, and that. But I don't, I still don't think Captain Luther's going to be the villain of season one i think he's got too many heroic tendencies to be the to be a big bad on his own i could see maybe i'm trying to work with edge and edge turning or something uh i don't know i'm just curious i like i like where it's going uh next episode the kind of mid-season finale the best of smallville uh what do you think of the promo uh i don't know every time we watch one of these there's not a whole lot to, to take from them but jonathan's getting sick of smallville captain luther meets up with lois and he's looking for superman he knows that lois lane is seen with superman very often i wonder if they know each other or if she knows who superman is probably not but i'll still meet up with her and try to figure out where superman is <laughs> yeah yeah I, it looks good it looks cool something with the harvest festival they've been they've yeah. hinted at a couple times that's where that's where pocket died many years yeah. ago so uh that would be cool to see i'm curious to this i wonder if they've got this if they knew this was going to be a bit of a break when they were done filming it and almost have a mid-season cliffhanger type feel to it or if it'll just be a random episode that they happen to stop on yeah I, i'm curious about that too uh although the the title of the episode made me think that maybe we're going to get to see a clip show like maybe they got delayed a lot and so we're actually just going to see some some clips from old smallville episodes and honestly i'd be okay with that yeah, absolutely clip show of 10 seasons of smallville there you go. Don't, we don't have a full episode for you. Thought we'd save some money. All right. Well, that's all we've got for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon.